Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good evening, very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview and due to technical issues, actually the first big match preview show of the season. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley is, uh, I don't know if you've been on a big match preview before actually, it's Lewis Cat. How are you doing Lewis? Yeah, good mate, probably ages ago I might have been on one, but yeah, not, not but for a long time. Not for a long one, you're taking Tom's place today because he's off uh, in a field somewhere in Essex I believe and uh, joining the pair of us. Uh, is Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Living the dream as always. Is, it, is this your first show of the season as well? Well, we did come in and then we had a sort of, well, had a, sort of an incident last time we came in to yeah. get working. But, uh, <laughs> but did you, I just remember, we're actually really glad to see you because we haven't seen you since the uh, yeah. the computer explosion. So I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. It, was, it was a close close shave. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> right. So uh, on tonight's Channel Life Big Match Preview, we're going to pretty much, I mean, there's, there's so much that's come out of uh, today's uh, press conference with uh, with Carl Robinson. We're, we're going to pretty much be going through that, uh, dissecting the various different bits and pieces. I got it. Uh, the 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 big question I'm asking you guys. Hopefully, we're going to try and think of a question to ask you every week for the big match preview. But this week's big question uh, is all about the striker search. We want to know if you think that we will sign another striker uh, before the window closes, and if you think that striker will be up to uh, up to scratch. Really. So you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive to let us know if you believe that a striker will be walking through the door before the end of the transfer window and if indeed that that striker uh, if we'll be able to go out and get the sort of striker that we need really to uh, to improve uh, the team so we're going to we're going to talk about that we're also going to talk about the uh, the farce that was the Carabao Cup uh, draw last week because Carl's got something to say about that uh, we're going to talk about Ben Amos as well uh, Carl uh, sort of um Talks about Ben Amos briefly uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, he, and he's come to his defence again today. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, look ahead, of course, to the uh, the Northampton game. We're going to do our brand new feature, Cashy Out, as uh, Nathan's decided uh, to place a bet in aid of charity. Uh, so we'll find out exactly what his uh, Cashy Out bet's going to be this week. Uh, and like I say, look ahead to Northampton, do predictions, all that sort of stuff. So first things first, uh, as we as we fully know, uh, there's been uh, the the press conference today. Uh, and Carl Robinson uh, decided to speak about the search for a striker. So let's hear what Carl had to say uh, during a press conference about search for a striker, and then we'll come back and discuss it. Talk with Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Northampton. Carl, the transfer window is soon to close, and Charlton have been linked with a number of strikers. Are you close to getting one over the line? No. That's it, is it? Yeah, no, we're not, we're not at the moment, no. So uh, you'll be, you'll have uh, once the window closes. That's it. There'll be no last-minute deals or anything like that. Oh, we're we're, we're trying. Um, it's obvious where we need players. We need, but listen, the teams, the team's got a game on Saturday, which is more important than what we're trying to do. Um, I've got to worry on about what we do. We look at the squad, the team that we've got going out on Saturday. Be very, very competitive, as good as many. Um, the positivity has to stay the same. Um, the players have trained really well this week. It's been uh, it's been a week where they've, they've really put a right shift in. The players who are here have been excellent. The, the amount of work they put in, so they, they prepared really well. And uh, that's the most important thing. I, I can only control what we have here, um, and and what we're controlling here has been very very good. You made no secret uh, after disappointment at Plymouth that you'd like to get someone in up front. Is this a big disappointment to you? Um. I think we're all disappointed that we, we, we you might need one or two here and there. Um, but like I say, it's, it's not about building a negativity around the players at Rody Hart. It's about putting positivity around them and then making sure that they're in the best possible shape going into the game. In the, search, I mean, in the past, Charlton managers have said 
that X amount of players coming in before the transfer window shuts and for whatever, whatever reason it hasn't happened before. Can you guarantee Charlton fans that there will be a striker in the door before August? Um, I can't guarantee nothing, no. I'm not going to lie to anybody. Um, we, we brought in a lot of strikers, obviously, Tony Watts being one. Uh, spent a lot of money on Nicky Joja last summer and I'm bringing Lee Novak in. Um, no, I can't guarantee them things just yet, but I say it's something that we're, I'm working on. And is it frustrating for you? Because it's not really, I mean, you and me have too long, it's not really your fault in a way that, you know. Oh, it's not my fault, no, but, but listen, it's not my fault. It's. It's previous things that have been done, and maybe people have been left to do what they need to do, and, and put us in this position. Um, that's not any one individual's fault. I say, I'd like to think you know, you've seen what we, we what we've not really brought anybody in and spent money in the summer. So we've we've done things right. I'm not one for for, for wasting money. I like to do things in the correct way and give young players a chance. And you see our team at the moment, our squad is basically made up of academy players, um, which is a good thing for the future of the football club. Uh, so no, but I can't, but I can't promise nothing. But we're working around the clock to time, trying to make sure that we do it. Listen, you can bring one in for for minimal fees, but does it really have an effect and really drive the football club forward? I'm not too sure now. And we've got to have somebody's got to have an effect. So there we go. That was Carl Robinson speaking in today's uh, press day. We're going to hear from Carl uh, throughout the show, of course. A few subjects that he, that he discussed today, but the, that's the, that's the main one I wanted to talk about uh, the, tonight is is about the search for the striker. I mean, because I mean, it, it was quite plainly obvious on you know just watching the team. I mean, we know I we, I know that Josh McGuinness can score goals at this level because I saw it last season when he was fit, but he, he didn't have the best of days on Saturday, and that's the sort of day where you want to be able to bring off another striker off the bench who's going to come on and and convert those chances. So it's obvious that we need a striker. What you heard from Carl today sounds like he said he's not going to make any guarantees. Now, obviously, if you listen to the way to the way he's asked, I mean, obviously, he knows he can't make a guarantee because if he turns around and there's no one coming in, then it'll look a bit silly. Mm. Uh, so that's why he's had to say that. But it certainly didn't sound like we're very close to anyone either. No, it was, it was, yesterday, if you asked me this question yesterday, I would have said, yeah, for we'd probably get a striker in. But... Uh... Well, listening to the first sentence on that, obviously I'm not too uh, <laughs> optimistic. What I find a bit interesting is if he was promised a striker if we got offloaded Watt. Um, because obviously Watt's obviously gone now and we've only got the two. Um, that would be an interesting one. But like you say, you know, we're not saying McGuinness and Big Nose ain't good enough. But just think I can't see them between them getting 20 goals. Between them, I can't personally. I hope they do. But... Personally, I think they're eight, seven, eight, nine goals but each, if it, max. Even if it's even if it's just the two of them, I mean, because I mean, you, you then you're looking at Ahern Grant, who you know hasn't scored since I think September 2015, possibly. And then you're looking at Rico Hackett Fairchild, who, who's who's literally only played his first sort of minutes of uh, of senior football this this week. So. It becomes obvious that even if that even if McGuinness and Novak were going to score twenty goals each this season, which the likelihood is they probably won't, um, we'd still be short anyway. Yeah, I and mean, if one of them gets injured, then you're you're relying on youth again, aren't you? And especially with Rico um, Hackett Fairchild, if if he gets forced into the side, are we going to have another Ahan Grant situation where the confidence completely drops and um, they they don't turn out to be the player you want them to be? I mean, Ahan Grant has looked good. In stages, but like we like we said on Sunday show, he was he was bloodied way too early, and I thought that we may have learnt from doing that with him to not do it again with other youngsters. And I think you lose Novak or McGuinness for an injury. That's the only choice we've got. Yeah, isn't it? So. Yeah. Okay. I mean, another interesting thing they said there. I mean, um, uh, the the reporter, I think it was Jake, was uh, was pointing out that it's, it's not exactly Carl's fault that we're in this this situation where we were with uh, what what people have been calling over the summer sort of legacy players, so players that have been signed. Previously, so I mean, you can even stick in Nicky Jose to that because it's mm. someone who was signed on, on you know, for for a decent amount of money last season, but doesn't fit in now, and that's the legacy of someone else's tenure. Uh, and then of course you've got Tony Watt, who either way he's not here anymore, so we don't know exactly what Carl's uh, thinking was on on him and and the fact that it took so long. You know, we we only this summer got rid of the likes of Tex who are on big money. The, these legacy players are the reason that we have to be more careful because we 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 spent a lot of money on those players, and that means there hadn't been as much. Uh, apparently to, to to spend this summer it seems yeah yeah so even though then even though they're not here um obviously they've they've been here for a considerable amount of time so it's still eating in some of the wage budget that could have been like you said 
could have been spent elsewhere. But um, going back in terms of like Nicky Ajozo, we spent money on him and spent uh, wages on him. Um, obviously, I don't know the numbers, but um, it, that that when when Ajozo came in, he, he was a good you know he was, oh he scores goals and stuff. But then when you saw how Russell set up, it did make make me think. Did Russell choose him because you wouldn't go out and get Nicky or Jose? To well, I'm fairly confident that the transfer was already in motion by the yeah. time Russell came. So. That's what I mean. So then we brought in a manager who's Nicky or Jose is not going to fit into his style of play, and then, and, now, yeah. and then now we've got another manager in where he's not going to fit into his style of play. So that money that we spent, wages, add it all up, it's a lot of money. So maybe the board have said, you know, I oh, will know you've spent not you personally, but all this money has been spent before. We can't can't do it again. So. But I'm surprised, especially if what now what's gone. If he if he don't get something, even if it's a loan. Yeah, yeah, I thought we would have tried to get something in before Tony. What went? I thought that would be the logical thing to do, but mm. apparently not. Unless they unless they weren't confident of offloading him. Yeah. maybe I don't know, but you'd think they'd get something, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean that, that is. I I've been the last couple of summers now. I've been thinking about. You always think back to that League One summer where with, with Power, where we won, where we won the title with 101 points but and I don't know if, if because of what happened then where we seem to get the majority of our players in before pre-season even started whether we, we, we sort of spo- we were sort of spoiled then and then and now we're always expecting or hoping that business gets done a bit earlier I mean if you mm-hmm. look around at other clubs I'm certain there'll be other clubs scrambling around for signings as, as the last couple of weeks come so I don't know I don't know when we think and we want we wish that we've had these players in already are we being greedy perhaps or you know naive into, in thinking that we could have I mean the, at the on you know, on the flip side, there will mm. certainly be clubs out there now who've done all their business and they're happy with where they are. Yeah, I mean, again, it would have been like you said, it would have been ideal to have that scenario again. But then when we had that situation when Powell was here, we hardly had any squad anyway, so we had to, we couldn't have got rid of anyone because we just had to bring players in. Whereas this time, we had so much Deadwood, the Ajoses, the Texas, not Deadwood, but you know, the players that wanted to offload, but. Mm. Yeah, dead weight, really. Yeah. The, 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 how much they, they cost us? Exactly, and that, and there was no guarantee that there were going to be any buyers from. So what they didn't want to do, I assume, is the board didn't want to go and buy all these players early doors, and then start with the new players, and then a, an even bigger wage bill that they wanted, and then struggle to offload Tex and what and a Jose. That's the only thing I could think of, because I mean, hence why they're going down desperate deals of paying some wages elsewhere. I assume, do you know what I mean? So. I don't know. In an ideal world, then yeah, it'd be great. But that League One season, we hardly we only had probably about about eight players at, at the beginning anyway. So yeah. we had to add anyway. So yeah, I mean, Carl. I'm not sure if, I, if it was in the clip I just played actually, but at one point during press day today, Carl mentioned how he hadn't really spent much money and how he's been very clever this this summer as well. So I mean, that's sort of why a, pos- a positive of having Russell Slade last last season and Carl this season. They'll, they'll know players within the English game and, and we've got Steve Gallon doing the scouting as well and they'll know who's available out there and who you can get you know for, for free or for cheap and, and, and obviously Carl pointed that out but it, it, if he has if he has been quite canny so far you would hope that means that there'd just be a little bit left in, in the tank or something but yeah I mean I think you said the other day didn't it it's just one of those positions that every every club in the football league wants to fill of having a 20 goal a season striker so I don't know. I, I hope we can get one in, but I'm just after listening to that. Like Nate said, I'm just not confident whatsoever. I mean, Nick Nikolai's uh, on on Twitter just said, "What about Billy Clark? He's a really good striker." I mean, he's not exactly the out and out number nine. He's he's going to be behind the striker the in, in the in the four two three one. He's going to be the middle one of the three, isn't he? So, but I mean, I mean, as we're going into mm. Saturday's game, I was you know expecting McGuinness to be out, so I was expecting Clark was going to be the one to play, and that would have been quite interesting to see how we would have fulfilled that role. But obviously, yeah. obviously we, uh, uh, we we didn't get that. Um, if I said I've said it for weeks now, and uh, I've said it pretty much ever since we've done some good business in summer, which is similar to last year, really, where we've done good early business now, and, and I don't think you can, you know, I think we've done some some good. I mean, mm. you can dispute that if you want, but I, I think we've done some good business in terms of some of the players we've signed. But you can't waste it, man. I mean, because I mean, what, what what's the point in doing that if you're not going to finish off that squad? Because you, you you're getting players like Marshall and. Uh, you know, like Ben Reeves, players who've, who's, you know, in, in particular Marshall, nearly got promoted from this league. If you're building mm. a team that's going to try and get promoted, obviously you're spending the wages on those players who are going to be upper level League One. So you've got to spend a bit of money on them. But it's pointless spending all that money if, you, mm. if you're if you not going to finish it off, really, is it? No, and that's the problem. I mean, but if we're going to find that missing jigsaw puzzle, 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 <laughs> who, who is it going to be? So if we're looking at, are we going to go lower leagues or are we going to get someone proven? So you're going to have to pay... 
you're going to be paying a fair whack mm. for a striker, aren't you? You're not going to get someone on a cheap because if they score goals week in week out, you're not even that guy down at Maidenhead. I bet you would cost a few hundred Torpy. thousand. Or whatever yeah. his name is. What's I was saying, like one and a half million for the guy at Stevenage. And that's yeah, like League Two. Modern, yeah. Now and then there was quotes of around about a million pounds for John Akinde from Barnet. And now if you, if you look at his yeah. record, I mean, he's been prolific at Barnet but since then he's played he's, before then he played at he played at this level and done nothing you're paying a million pounds what is he that Akinde 28 or something yeah. so he's in his prime yeah, yeah. but I mean, there's um, no resale value in it yeah. so why no. is that they're not going to buy this yeah. they will not buy someone that I mean uh, Richard Corley confirmed on his Twitter account earlier that, that Carl's told him that we're not after Akinde anyway so I mean surely that's for the amount of money so mm. So now I guess what you you're looking out for that that non-league gem you might you might you might get that Jamie Vardy or you might end up with a, with a, was it Stuart, Stuart Fleetwood, Fleetwood. Yeah. Fleetwood Chris Dixon yeah yes. that's that's the punt you're gonna if you if you're gonna go down there and spend seventy five grand I'd rather go and do that on a young up and coming one and do that but then you've got to look at well is that person better than Rico is he better than Carlin hmm. or Cookie or whatever his name is they call him Cookie don't they Carlin I think I assume that was Regan Charles Cook actually. oh yeah that's Cook. Yeah. oh yeah Regan Charles Cook I get yeah. them two mixed up <laughs> uh, yeah Carlin or um, Rico are, is, are they going to be better than them two so to justify spending out of money but yeah I agree to get that last piece of jigsaw you're going to have to spend a bit of cash hmm. which I can't see us doing <laughs> right, so like I say there at the start of the show, this evening's big question is uh, whether you think we're going to get a new striker in uh, and whether they're going to be sort of good enough. And uh, so Jake uh, Classy Kasky, I don't think it's a real force of Kasky, um, says, uh, I'm not sure. It seems like we are, re- we are going to rely on the academy strikers who score goals come at a cost and I'm not sure money is willing to be sent. Danny Lay said, I think we will sign someone but will be a Premier League academy loanee that we take a risk on someone like Steffi Mavadidi. Uh, Tom Wallin, who uh, should be here tonight, but he's elsewhere, says yes, but late on and underwhelming. Uh, so and the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I think people's um, sort of uh, how confident they are certainly been sort of tainted today or certainly been reeled in. And that, I mean, was, as Charlton fans, we're used to having our uh, our excitement knocked back. But I guess, I mean, Carl, Carl knows what he's doing now with his comments today. You can't guarantee because you never know what's going to happen. He can't guarantee he'll still be at the end of the week. You, know, you never know. He will mm. be, but you mm. never know. That's the sort of thing. So he, he can't guarantee anything, but I'm sure he, he's certainly hoping that, that we'll do something. And, and it's, it's so vital because, I mean, it, there's, there's no way we're going to go promoted with the squad we've got currently if we don't add mm. at least one more striker. Yeah. Mm. No. I mean, like Cole said, he said, you know, I can't promise anything. If, we, if we're all honest, if, if Cole come out and said, He's done it. He's done it loads of times this summer. and said, "I oh, know oh, something's going to get done this week. We're going to sign someone this week," and then he just gets slated for well, it. You, so, you, know, you remember at the at the end of last season, the last thing he said was there, there was two people. There was two people yeah. saying the sand we hope to sign, and then at one point, I can't remember if it was in the press conference from the last day of the season or not long after, he said he'd hoped to sign five players yeah. before he went on holiday, and he, he went on holiday <laughs> with an none. empty suitcase. So maybe he's learned his lesson. Just yeah. say yeah. right, just just say nothing. Just say no, nothing. We'll probably sign someone tonight. Yeah. Probably not in our lot, but. Yeah. I mean the same. The same thing happened with Russell Slade last season. There's a few times I, mean, I probably could have worded the, the question better. But there's a few times <laughs> at the start of last summer, and we said, "Yeah, we're, we're open to sign someone within the next 48 hours." And I remember mm. asking him after that infamous Cheltenham game, and I said, well, hours and one "I said, minute. I said, you still, yeah, I said you still <laughs> open to sign someone." And I said, "Yeah," and then when he said, "Yeah, hopefully," and I said, "Because you said 48 hours," but obviously these things, and that's when he lost it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but, um, but, but that's yeah, but that's it's sort of sort of what I meant was these things do get delays, and it's important not to. Just throw it out there that it's going to be signed within two and a half hours or anything like that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's, it's just it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's it's a funny old market, but we do need that. You look at you look at teams that have been successful in the in the division. There's not there's not really been that many twenty plus goal strikers in League One, has there? Really, over the last few seasons for the winners. But I mean, last year you had Billy Sharp, I suppose, didn't you? But it's you need to find someone that's going to strike strike a bit of fear into the other 23 sides in the division yeah. and we just haven't got that yeah, I think I think someone told us I think it's, uh, CFC Facts and Stats told us on the weekend there's only, there's only two strikers last season or two players who got over 20 goals last yeah. season yeah I was one with Sharp and I couldn't even name the other yeah, one so, so it's, it's not an easy uh, it's not easy to do uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that we're going to need right uh, and Roger Trask just says he, he's, he's think desperate times I think we need two strikers because I mean saying we only need one striker is saying that you believe that for example, that Novak's going to hit the form that he showed for Chesterfield two seasons ago, which obviously with, with his season he had last year, he, ne- he never showed that for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have two, two, if you so if he wants another two strikers, that means you're going to have four in the books, and then you're going to have the two younger ones. I mean, you're not going to fit them all into a side, but I just want something a bit different. I want someone with um, 
someone's <coughs> like Mavadidi, someone with a bit of pace that'll go in behind, but who's proven at this level. So, yeah, maybe if we have to give Carlin a bit more game time, maybe, but I'd rather someone a bit more proven with a bit of pace. I mean, there's a couple of players in the league who I like but that we're never going to get them I and mean, if you are going to try and get them you're going to be paying top dollar for them so you've just got to weigh up economically what's going to be better for financially never, we'll get hopes though we might go all out and get like a get three Darren Bent like what was it Dicko, Ophobium, Bakary, Sacco at Wolves like a <laughs> ridiculous 4-3-3 you yeah. never know right anyway let's uh, let's uh, go to a quick break and we'll come back with an email from Mark Newry to read out when we come back and plenty more coming up on tonight's Channel Live Into the, into the box, it's a flick off from beginning. Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. Welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview, looking ahead to Saturday's game with Northampton Town here at the Valley in a few moments. So I've got an email in from Mark Newbury on the striker search. It says, evening chaps, he's glad to hear that Nathan has turned up safe and sound, not as much as we are, uh, Mark, because so, he gives me a lift aim on a Thursday, so, uh, so that's quite useful. Uh, it says, unfortunately, there's not a lot in the juniors which we can call on. I went to watch the kids and we had Rico and Umera up front and they didn't really trouble a Barnsley defence the um, kids got beat 2-1 by Barnsley was it yesterday or day before mm, yeah. uh, I think Cag should stay on the wing at the moment as opposed yeah. to going in as a striker as he's looked good coming in from their pre-season but he's not able to hold the ball up well enough I'm guessing we'll end up with a lone kid from a Premier League team more than a, uh, a striker like Ricky Lambert who's without a club at the moment if Novak is the answer the question was probably rubbish anyway <laughs> right uh, I mean, because he mentions the lone E there. I mean, because um, you just brought up in, 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 the, in the ad break there, Lewis. Uh, again, Richard put a story out today on the South London Press website that we'd gone after Matty Taylor from Bristol uh, City, Bristol City yeah. who had signed for them from Bristol Rovers. I think he scored for for Bristol Rovers against us last season in the 5-1. I think he got the one. Yeah, he's quite prolific, he wasn't he? came off the bench, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, well, I know, I know they weren't keen on letting him go, um, but they brought in Corley Woodrow in the last sort of hour or so. So mm. whether that frees up because he's because yeah, Taylor's been com- coming back from injury yeah so yeah I mean like I say apparently he's not available we've been told but if they if they have, if they have to sign someone else someone in now yeah, yeah exactly you so never know you, you never know and um, you know for a, a player who's been out for a long time it might be beneficial for both us and them if he even if he just comes for the first six months to get some fitness and yeah exactly that depends on his wages doesn't it don't know how much wages he's on mm. well you never know that but, yeah but but yeah I think it'd be quite a good signing if he did but yeah. it's all here so isn't it well there you go so that was uh, from today's uh, uh, press conference Carl talking about the strikers right there's, there's plenty of other clips that have come out of today's uh, press conference so I wanted to uh, bring this one to your attention this is about the Carabao Cup draw now I was um I was uh, away last week in between the Exeter and the Plymouth games. I took four days off to st- stay down in the southwest and have a nice little holiday. Some scones. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Plenty, <laughs> yeah, plenty of scones. Over. Yeah, cream first, as is the Devon, Devon way. Oh, actually, I wouldn't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, we, 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 know. Cream and then jam. Yeah, we Googled it when yeah. we got down there. Just, we didn't want to offend, <laughs> we made, we didn't want to offend the locals' culture, did we? So we made sure we put the, we put the, the cream on first. <laughs> um, uh, but while we're out there, so... Looking at our, our fixtures for this season in terms of uh, midweeks, we've only got Walsall and Bradford down. No, sorry, Walsall and Oxford down at the moment. And I was thinking I could probably get home from Oxford on a Tuesday night without having to stay over, so I don't have to worry about too much annual leave. So I spunked all this annual leave on, on my little holiday down to Devon, then completely forgot about the cup draws. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, when, so when the cup draw was going on, I was, I was out in Torquay of, of an evening, as you are, uh, walking back to the car, looking at the cup draw on my phone, and it came out on a tweet... We got Norwich at home. I was like, get in there. That's perfect for me because it means I can come straight from work. Don't have to give up any of my day job holiday to go and you know cover cover the game. 
and it was only afterwards that I found out that we'd been mugged off again. Second, second, second draw in a row <laughs> after after the uh, confusion where we got drawn twice in the uh, in the original uh, tie against Cheltenham and against Exeter. Uh, so I was not too happy to find out about that, and it turns out that neither was uh, Mr. Carl Robinson. He was asked uh, about how seriously he's going to be taking the Carabao Cup, the League Cup, uh, to you and I this uh, this season, and this is what he had to say. If I say the Carabao Cup's got no <laughs> no importance, I'll be in trouble. Uh, I thought the draw was poor. I, I just think if they want if they want me to start taking the cup seriously, well it needs to be done right because we've been stitched up in two draws. Mm. Oh, you got Cheltenham, no, you haven't. You got Exeter, poor. Oh, oh, you've got Norwich at home. Yeah, great. We start preparing, and all of a sudden we get an email. Oh, sorry, no, it's a, it's away. So, and people want to come and criticise us for, for for making changes. Well, it has to be done professionally as well. Uh, and I don't think, as, a, as a, if you're a fan of, our, of of Charlton, you watch the draw and we take it as gospel as we always do, as we have done for many many years. Was a draw was made, that's a draw, and we've been now twice. So it, that needs to be right. But as the importance of a football match, if people are paying to watch you play, it's important. You put a shirt on that, that you're, you put your club colours on, it's important, and, and that's. It's not about anybody else. It's not about the sponsors of another competition or this or that. It's about us doing our club writing. We will make changes. Won't make as many at Norwich, but we'll make some. The reason why I won't make as many because I don't have any many players left. <laughs> so it's uh, we will make some of them. So there you go, Carl. Obviously, not too happy about the uh, the, <laughs> the state of the drawing. I mean, that's, uh, when when it happened the first the first time, it was sort of kind of funny. Like they they'd gone over to Thailand, obviously taking everyone mm-hmm. over there, and it was it was is a graphics error. But for for these errors to keep happening, I mean it. I mean pe- people talk about the state of the football league and, and the FA at, at times, but I mean it doesn't do their reputation any favors when they can't even draw two names out of a hat now, can they? Yeah, it looks a bit shoddy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did they have like more than one pot as well? Did I understand? Yeah, yeah well, they, they, they had like, like they had seeded teams, and then a home and away cup, and then the team they would just, play. I mean, just, which just, just have a pot. Yeah. The obvious mistake they made is they trusted someone who used to play for Crystal Palace. Yeah, they, they yeah, got John Salak. I mean, yeah. I know he used to play for us as well, but that was very briefly. <laughs> I just remember that Dagenham Redbridge game we played on the pit. Yeah, we scored the winner for us against Palace once. But John John Salak, I mean, he obviously can't. He must be colour blind or something because he was pulling out the the, the, the block that said home or away. The, the blocks obviously weren't bright enough either, <laughs> and uh, he somehow said away when they were at home and, and vice versa. So that, that's how it happened. But it's it's just a bit embarrassing, really. And, and you can it's obviously wound Carvel up as well. Put in one pot. Yeah, yeah I mean, I were you surprised that Carvel so wound up by it? Um, not really, because I think, like like he says in the interview, he's he's got to prepare a team, and we had to take a a team of youngsters down to down to Exeter and then rush them all back for. And then you had to rush a couple back for Plymouth mm. and then go back down there again. Uh, and now he's going to have to do this up in Norwich. I mean, I'm not sure who we've got straight after Norwich directly, but it's another it's another trip out. It's uh, be Rotherham away after yeah, Norwich. So yeah, so you, you're bringing them all the way back from Norwich and you've got to travel them all, send them all the way back up to Rotherham on the on the Friday night or whatever. So I can understand he can get get prepared for a home time, think, right, brilliant, I can I can play a few more first-teamers, leave them at home, um, and then they'll be able to travel up on the Friday. But now he's got to take whoever he wants up to, up to Norwich and bring them all back yeah. and then probably have to send those youngsters up to he probably got an email as well from the league so I think they get about I think it's about 10 grand fine I think if they don't field the players they? Like no I'm, I'm sorry I don't think that's in the league cup I think that's just in the AFL trophy is so it the tro- just the checker trade yeah the, the checker trade this yeah. Carabao cup is, is this a new one is this the, this is, is the, the league Carling cup, cup this yeah. is the Carling cup the Worthington cup the milk oh. cup the Coca-Cola oh, cup yeah I mean this is the liquid cup oh so yeah. it's only yeah. the final this is the drinkable liquid cup unlike the paint the paint pot oh right I'm losing track I don't know it's too many cups and drinkable in the same sentence but yeah no, the Czech anyway. trophy is just as bad <laughs> so I mean but but as fans how seriously do we take this competition nah. I, I, no not, nah, not for you I mean FA Cup only for me I think you should have one cup FA Cup for me I mean you don't mind if you get a decent away draw you're never, never going to turn it down a decent Premier League away day but we never get them, do we? Yeah, yeah, and even good. if we did, we'd probably get Huddersfield like we do every other <laughs> it's year. It's incredible to think that up to about 10, 15 years ago, this um, the League Cup was two legs all the way through as well. So I remember like we'd had early like, first round when we were in the Premier League, we lost something like 5-4 or 4-3 on aggregate to Stoke. So you imagine the start of the season, we've got traips all the way up to Stoke and get beat. And all that. <coughs> I mean, yeah, so the, the fact they, they've reduced it at least, <laughs> at least makes sense. But I mean... Do you, can you not take the positives? I mean, when I went down to Exeter, I did get to see the likes of Rico, Hackett, Fairchild, I ain't seen, and, and Anthony Dick Steele, who looked really good. I mean, uh, is a good chance. Is, I prefer this competition to the Checker Trade, personally. But yeah, I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably better than the Checker Trade, because Checker Trade's just a joke as well. But 
I'd still say FA Cup and League. I don't think you should have. Otherwise, you're going to have a shield and then a chair and a t- table. You have anything. <laughs> just play for anything. Like, eventually, it's just it'll just be all commercialised. One cup, one league. Happy days. Well, so, if they made the prize like a place in Europe or a striker or something, then maybe right, we'll a striker. A striker. Yeah, 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 we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs> you win the cup final with defenders <laughs> and you get a striker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was Carl Robinson talking about the. Uh, uh, the farce of the Carabao, code, uh, Carabao Cup draw. That was a quick break and we'll come back. Still plenty to talk about here on tonight on Charlton Live Big Match Preview. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vedicaine! And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area, picked out Vedicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton two one up. Shelton Live. Good running by Hunt. Oh, he's onside as well. It's Andy Hunt. Chance again. Goal! Moment of jubilation for Charlton and their supporters. The first goal of the season at the Valley in the Premiership. And it's last season's top scorer, Andy Hunt. on by Lisby to Hunt. Oh, it's a good return as well. And Lisby has broken through here for Charlton. Can he make it two? No, he can't. Weaver's foot. And now Robinson. And Weaver's foot again. And a goal. And John Robinson has made it 2-0. And Nicky Weaver, having saved with his foot once, couldn't do it the second time. again. Kinsella well forward, Stewart on the run. And back in again to Kinsella. Another has gone in. It's 3-0. And the captain Mark Kinsella scores with a perfectly placed shot. And Charlton get the reward that their early attack deserved. It's pulled back to him by Graham Stewart. And talk about pick your spot. That is perfection from Mark Kinsella. Lisby. Oh, no flag. Kinsella signaled to the assistant referee and he was right and he's got brought down by Weaver. Penalty. And Nicky Weaver's in trouble. Graham Stewart has put the ball on the spot. He will take the penalty. It's four! Number four from number four. Well, what an afternoon they're having here. These 18,000 charging season ticket holders 
Get value for money on day one. Channel Live, wish we were there. That was uh, August uh, the 19th in the year 2000, our opening day. 4-0 win over uh, Premier League Minnows, Manchester City. Um, <laughs> 18,000 ticket holders, uh, 18,000 season ticket holders. That seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Just a bit. Yeah. I mean, if you look, you look at some of the players that, that scored that day, I, mean, I think that was Klaus Janssen's home debut and he had a free kick that Nicky Weaver somehow saved. And as I say somehow, not because it was an unstoppable free kick, but because it's Nicky Weaver, yeah. Um, uh, somehow saved uh, in the top corner. And, and just players like that making his debut. Kevin Lisby kept hitting the bar that day in the post. Uh, John Robinson scored through... Uh, <laughs> through the goalkeeper Andrew Hunt I think Andy Hunt got the first did he? Yeah. I mean just play, players from that team I mean and you compare that to these days but it's, it's, it's always nice to reminisce isn't it yeah I know it, it seems um, I can't believe how long ago that was how long ago it was about 2000 six, so 17 years ago Jesus Christ. 17 I, years ago on, only, uh, on the third four. Saturday I was only four so I can't remember no, <laughs> 40 no. yeah <laughs> no yeah I, I used to love those days when I used to have a season ticket and um just hearing it, just even hearing it, it's just uh, it just brings it back to reality of how how where where we were and where, <laughs> where we, we are. are now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Massive... It's funny, really, when you think about if, if you if you could try to take a positive out, they can still think about the potential this club has to. If, if we ever were to get back in the right direction, the, the potential this club could have to build again. You know, we we could be we could be a, a Premier League sized club. We've done it before. There's no reason why we couldn't do it again in in ten years' time, is it? Well, there's plenty, but mm. well, I mean, that's the dream. <laughs> Whether or yeah. not that's going to come true, I don't know. Um, I think there's a few factors that need to change. Cool, uh, well, that's enough mental torture for, for one week. <laughs> <laughs> I was feel like crying. On 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 Sunday show, we we uh, we we focused. Uh, we we're going to try and focus on on at least one player every week. Now, one of the players in focus was uh, our new lonely goalkeeper Ben Amos. Now, um. We mentioned on Sunday about how um, you know after he made a couple of decent saves against Bristol Rovers on the opening day, uh, but also sort of missed a missed a cross or two, uh, and and I think probably similar on uh, on 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 Saturday at Plymouth, apart from of course the second goal, which um, at the time we we obviously felt like he probably could have done a bit better about that. Now um, again another thing that came out of today's press conference, Carl Robson was asked about uh, his views on, on Ben Amos. So I thought it would be interesting to hear those and then we'll come back out and discuss them. But if you guys want to have your say on Ben Amos, don't forget we've still got the emails open, studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us uh, at charltonlive if you want to have your say on these quotes coming up now. Uh, Carl Robertson, this is uh, from today's press day on Ben Amos. And um, just with Ben Amos, um, Plymouth last week and the second goal, um, he let in on the counter-attack. Um, how's his confidence in this week? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a few things about people saying about the goal. It went through Solly's legs. So, when things go back through people's legs, obviously, when your momentum's going one way, there's only one way you can actually go, and that's to the bottom left of Ben. And it's being put through Solly's legs, and that's what's caught him off balance slightly. But listen, the thing that people need to realise I'm asking Ben Amos to come, out the, to come out and claim everything. I want the goalkeeper to be aggressive, punching things. The problem is. is it's all Bruce Grobler theory. He missed more than other goalkeepers, but he certainly came out for a lot more and took an awful lot of pressure off the team. And even just the other day, Ben Amos come out and claim one or two things from corners that maybe we haven't had in the past. But then the probability of that is that sometimes he may drop one or two and people just focus on the one. He's working really hard. He's Again, he's still not up to match fitness yet. Obviously, he didn't play any football in pre-season. But no, it was, I think if any goalkeeper would have been in, it was one that was hit hard and low through some of his legs from 18 yards out. It was it almost the ones the goalkeepers don't like. So no, it wasn't a thing for me. For the last two three years, he hasn't really played much football. But mm. There was that championship season where Bolton relegated. Mm. Is it is it maybe hard to keep his confidence, you know, sky high at the moment? No, he's he's a real confident lad. He's he's really confident in his own ability. Um, it's just, it's like I say, he's a people also forget he played in the team that kept Bolton up. Um, so and he went to he's done so he's done an awful lot for such a young man, and he's a. He's a very strong-minded character. We just need to get behind him and keep believing in him, and, and he'll make saves. And he made a great save at home to Bristol Rovers. People forget that he came out and claimed two or three great things. He missed one, but I asked, I'm asking my goalkeeper to be aggressive off his line. I don't like seeing goalkeepers that that stay in the in on the line. It's it's a sort of a bugbear of mine. I like him coming out and being aggressive. So there you go, Carl Robinson there on. 
uh, Ben Amos. Now, it's in, uh, I was just thinking there, just picking up. So there, there's a there's a couple of times so far this season already now where where a couple of players have come in for a bit of stick. Now the first one was uh, Tony Watt against Bristol Rovers when he didn't seem to be attacking the defenders or putting the the pressure on the defenders. And and Carl's come out and said, you know, that that was me. That was my my idea. And now he's gone for um, Ben Amos. He's coming. He, he has tried to come out and collect pretty much everything. And a couple of times he's come out and just completely missed it. Mm. Sort of flapped it. A few times he's claimed it as well, of course. Um, but, and Carl's making it clear that it's his decision. So it seems to me that he's very good at publicly backing his players and protecting his players, Carl. Yeah, I mean, you should never... Um, I'm in the sort of camp where you should never really uh, publicly humiliate your players unless it was, you know, when if you really need to, i.e. Huddersfield away that day or, what, mm. you know, that's a game where you would, but... Well, Carroll missed that chance to come and publicly humiliate <laughs> yeah. his players. Just, <laughs> just humiliate himself. Yeah, just putting them on the pitch was humiliating <laughs> enough. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'll, that's, I'm in the camp without... I mean, in terms of Ben Amos, yeah, I wasn't there Saturday, <clears throat> but... Uh, fri- uh, fine. The the first game of the season, then he he, he made he made some good saves. Yeah, he did. He had a couple of hairy moments in the first half, but um, I, you know, give him give him a bit of time. Like he said, he's going to get his match fitness up. He's got new teammates. He's still knowing everyone. If he's still doing the same in five, six, seven games times, then I think we're going to have to relook at it. But then it depends on what's going to happen with Dills because Dills needs to play now. You know and. Well, he, he added today, I think, Carl, that, that Dylan's still going to go out on loan. So yeah. we're still searching for, yeah, for a goalkeeper as well, along, along with a striker. Uh, I mean, him, him, I'd, I'd really like to see Dylan play here, but Carl's clearly made his, his mind up on, on that one. What's your view on Lewis, on him coming out, on, on him telling him to come out and claim everything? Because, um, I mean, cause, I mean, I met Nick Pope, by the, by the end of his time with Charlton, he used to claim everything. I mean, yeah. I, I, it just takes the pressure off from a corner. So you can see, <laughs> yeah. you can see why, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a way that Carl wants him to play. Um, whether, like Nave said, it's down to just a bit of uh, lack of match fitness. I know he had a, he had a loan spell at Cardiff last year, he didn't play that much. So... It could just be down to rustiness. Well, how much? How much match fitness does a goalkeeper need? I mean, I, yeah, just I, being, I, just, I don't understand that really. But mm. Mm. Or is it, if you look at our team, yeah. we're not the biggest of teams. You've got two tiny fullbacks. We've got two big centre halves. Maybe you got Josh. I don't really. I've not really. Stood yeah, next in terms to of the, the midfield, they're not, not very big. So, like Cashy's not very big, a, is he? Yeah, are we? A, Cashy's tiny. So is it because we're a small team? And Kyle says you just need to come and take cause, take the pressure off because we couldn't defend set pieces for Toffee last year. And we had quite a few bigger players, so I can only see that's why he's saying that he needs to come out and claim more courses of being aggressive. Mm. But mm. give it time, I think. I think it'd be fine. He, he wasn't at Man United for no reason, was he? Surely. Uh, but then I don't know. Plenty of people have been at Man United for no reason, it's like, like like David Moyes, for example. <laughs> Uh, Philip Johnson uh, talking about that 4-0 win over Man City which we just uh, were reminiscing about a few moments ago says I landed at Gatwick from Greece at 8am got home quick snooze straight down the valley now who was in goal for Manchester City mm. it's Nicky Weaver mm. so he, everyone's uh, willing to remember that because I remember it was the season before when they, they'd beaten us 1-0 in the, oh. in the championship and he was parading up and down in front of the covered ends uh, yeah, yeah and uh, so that and that season we put eight goals past him including uh, one with Klaus Jensen's shin from about yeah, 40 oh, yards out that. two pounds did he, he, oh, no, he didn't get sent off that game. I think he got booked, but mm. we mugged him right off, and then we signed him just to, oh, <laughs> just, to just to add to our own uh, pain. Right? Um, there was something else I wanted to uh, discuss on tonight's show because um, it's something that uh, the Premier League have been talking about now, and obviously you'd think that wouldn't involve us, but then the EFL <laughs> have got have joined in on it as well. Uh, I just wondered if you guys and perhaps the listeners as well thought this is a good idea. Now the uh, Premier League have been talking about making the transfer window next season uh, end when the season starts so there's none of this milling around for a month with uh, you know, who we're going to sign are you going to lose a player that you've you've had all summer and then he looks good and then you get signed by elsewhere I mean I mean, for me I mean it, it, so if that happened next season we'd either have our striker now or we'd be playing up front with no one mm. uh, do, do you think that's positive that you'd be, be forced to be more proactive before the season starts 100% yeah uh, yeah, I, yeah because I think if I was a manager if I if I built my team let's say we'd done all our business early and we built a team around this, our central striker. Obviously, so I ain't talking about Charlton here, obviously. But we, you build your team around a striker and then, you know, you're happy with your season, blah, blah, blah. And then the last game of the season, the, a massive club comes and goes with your striker go, here's 20 million. The club's going to accept it. You've got no time to go and find the replacement of that player if they come in the last day. So I reckon you should just say, just cut it off there so then everyone knows and then maybe you can try and plan 
just in case it does go. Or you just say to everyone, well, you ain't going nowhere. So I think at- once, once it goes on, how can you prepare a team? How can you pre- prepare your sides now? Not knowing, you might, we, might, we might not have three players by the end of August. Mm. We will never know. You can look at it from the other way as, yeah. as well. I mean, the, I mean. The, the only thing I will say is, say, like today, so on, on the first day of the season, if McGuinness goes out and breaks his leg, mm. then yeah. but, but that could happen at any time. That, that could happen on September the 1st, and then you're in the same position, I mm. guess, really, aren't you? Yeah, but I mean, we, we had the perfect example of Lee Novak getting sent off on the first game of the season yeah. as well. So it's, you know, all, I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of on the on the fence with it, really. I see the positives, of course, but... Um, it, it will it will mean that you can concentrate on only coaching your players when mm. the season starts. So yeah. it'll be interesting to hear if uh, uh, what, what managers make of that one. We got an email in from from Jacob Styles talking about Ben Amos a few moments ago. He says I think he deserves more of a chance. He's had two games and hasn't played uh, in a year before us. Now is it, how is it good for his confidence with people already slating him? And that's always the question you get. Obviously, when when, when you see a player who's not performing. Um, you know, this is football. They're going to get slagged off by the supporters, and I've I've always I've always tried to say you know I'm not a big. You know, I was never a fan of the sort of stick that, that Morgan Fox got, even though you know you're in, you're entitled to do it. But and, and and that's the question here. You 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 know he's our goalkeeper now. You want to get behind him, and that's what that's what Carl's saying, I guess. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, uh, I'm with you. Look, I mean, I don't mind people criticizing people because people pay their money, blah blah. You know, same old stuff. Fine, but when it gets when it gets nasty, which Morgan Fox had. Which Declan Rudd got when I went to a couple of away games last year. Declan Rudd got a little bit, and I could never understand why. No, I could never. Get I could that. never understand it. And then you'd always sit that, sit back and wonder and go, if I was that player, why am why, I going to go and put shifting, yeah. put shifting for you lot and for this badge? If you look just going to every, t- I'm not going to. They're not robots. They're not going to have a great game every week. Otherwise, if they did, they wouldn't be playing at Charlton. They'd be playing in the Premier League. When uh, technology advances, would you be for or against signing robots to play for Charlton? Well, we have front. got we got well we have got front. a robot. We've got Cashy, mate. He's a robot in himself, mate. Sebo's getting involved. He says, "I reckon we would need to have the transfer window opening in May if the window is going to close before the season starts." Because mm. I mean, if you're looking at the type of time it, it takes to sign players, but then uh, I assume you mean right like after the season after, ends, yes, yeah, so yeah. after the fir- after well, the final game. Holloway yeah. Holloway wants it open until the end of March. And then it closes between in April or May, doesn't Ian, it? Ian Holloway. Uh, Ian Holloway. All right, yeah, so, so he's not all there anyway. I was going to say, we can assume that that's the wrong opinion to have then. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Uh, Holloway's because, because it's Ian right. Holloway's opinion, so therefore it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, we had an email in uh, during the week from uh, from Richard Church. Uh, it says, hi, all listening on the podcast uh, to Sunday show. So I appreciate that I'm late with this. Uh, it says, firstly, welcome back and well done for overcoming your technical difficulties. Uh, he says, thanks for all the unpaid time that you must put in. It's appreciated. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Richard. It's also, it's Maritime Radio helps us out a lot as well uh, with the exploding computer. But yeah, we, we were, <laughs> I was here all on the, the entire Sunday after the Bristol Rovers game trying to get it fixed. And if anything, I made it worse. So I had to, unfortunately, couldn't have a show then. But luckily, we're back on that. It says, Ari, the, last, uh, the, the game last Saturday against Plymouth. Uh, yes, in the first half, we looked decent. And if we had a striker that could finish, we may well have been out of sight by half-time. But we don't have a striker that can finish. We know that. The problem on Saturday was that Plymouth came out for the second half with a plan B to sit back, let us have the possession and hit us on the break. Charlton did not adapt to this new system. Instead, we just ended up playing the ball uh, amongst ourselves and not threatening at all. Robinson should have seen what Plymouth were doing and adapted. For example, bringing on CAG early and changing to the 4-4-2 uh, system uh, and go a bit more direct. This would have made Plymouth think again at least. At best, Josh may have knocked one down to Cag and he might have buried it. I'm not saying get rid of Robertson, although I could do without his post-match interviews. Don't say that, uh, Richard. You put me out of a job. Uh, but he does need to learn a new a tactical trick or two. Thanks again for being there. That's from Richard. Thanks for your email, Richard. I mean, Lewis, you were there. I mean, mm. that was my major criticism from the second half, because I thought we'd yeah. done all right in the first half, and in the second half, as soon as we went behind, we did, we weren't breaking them down at all, were we? And we, and we no. did look a bit one-dimensional when no. it came to just passing it around. Yeah, exactly. As soon as that, as soon as they got that first goal, we looked completely lost. Um and I agree. I think he should have brought on um, Carlin a lot earlier. I also think maybe with Josh, who wasn't 100% fit, maybe we could have kept Billy Clark on because I thought he had a really good game as well. Um, but he, he had played at the Exeter game. Yeah, he played at Exeter yeah. as well. Um, but it, like we say, we we Plymouth is one that you, you can look at. We just created an, enough chances in the first half. We could have been out of sight, but we didn't bury it. And we need to get that 
prolific goal scorer yeah. over the line. That's a, that's a, that's Richard's main point, isn't it? Really, that, that we we know we need a striker. I mean, everyone knows it now. So, which was which in, in its way will also make it more difficult because everyone will know how desperate we are for a striker mm. if we want to be that team. They can lump whatever money they want on it. Yeah, who gets promoted? There you go. Right, good news always here on Charlton Live. <laughs> Let's uh, look ahead now to Saturday's game. With uh, with Northampton Town here at the Valley, Pete Howarth. Our, uh, he came on a show last season, uh, just before the Northampton. Friend of the show, friend of friend of mine and Nathan's, and uh, also his dad's a Northampton fan, so it's always a very special fixture for him. Uh, he tweeted earlier at work, working hard, so can't listen. But an absolute classic one-all draw on Saturday for me. He says it's good to have us back. Thanks, Pete. I look forward to seeing you on on the weekend. I'm sure you're bringing your old man to the to the game as well. I imagine. But anyway, Carl Robinson, uh, of course, asked to look ahead. Uh, by Tony Hudd to, to Saturday's game with Northampton. So this is what Carl says ahead of this uh, the clash, exciting clash here at the Valley on Saturday. The team's trained really well and, and they're looking forward. I think Northampton's probably going to be our biggest test. Like I say, people look at Charlton when you look at what, what, what's going on at Northampton over with the new takeover. Their squad's very strong, very strong. Um, and it's going to be a difficult test for us. We have to approach it in the right frame of mind. We have to approach it in the same way that we did against Bristol Rovers at home. Um even though I watched their game is Fleetwood, they should have won that game, quite clearly. If we thought our missed chances were to be rude, when you see the chances they missed, they'd be just as disappointed as ourselves. So we, we, we go into it, we know exactly what we're coming up against, we know exactly some of their strengths. Um, he'll say they, they'll say they know exactly what we're going to do. Um, but it's about us implementing our style on the game and it's about us taking the game to them. But we know if we take the game to them with the strikers that they've got, they've got a number of strikers in the club, we know that they can hit you on the break at any given time. And uh, it's, it's a game that we have to be very tactically astute in um, and a game that we have to be very ready for all aspects that they're going to throw at us. Mark Marsh is a player supporters have wanted to see in league action. Mm. How close is he to returning from injury? Um, probably the end of October we're probably looking at. So still two months in some ways away. It's a three-month in- injury at a time. Uh, so we're still a little bit away. We, we listen. We know Reeves. He was going to be. We knew he was going to be a slow burner. We when well, he's in like a mid-season, sort of early on the season, sort of training program where we've got to get him up to speed. And um, maybe my boy should have maybe played him for sixty minutes after only being here for two days. And so I have to take responsibility for that. Nobody else. Um, so now he's getting himself fully fit, ready for for the prolonged run of games. But we can't get that prolonged in the games until we have that baseline fitness within him. So when you've got two players like Reeves and him not available, it still leaves us very, very short, as you as you can see. Is Marshall taking longer than anticipated? No, no Marshall's in it. It's still he's he's a tremendous character. He works really hard on what what he's trying to do. Um, he's slightly ahead of schedule, but. It, when you have a, a knee ligament problem, I don't think there's many corners you can cut. It, it is what it is in the time scale. He still believes he's a quicker heel than anybody else, so we'll let them keep thinking that, and hopefully we'll have him back before the due date. How long will it take Reed to come um, back to scratch to satisfy you that he's reached the level of fitness? Probably three weeks. Demanding? Probably three weeks. Uh, like I say, I, I do demand a lot from my players, and I've never made no. Uh, I've never hid that. Uh, I do push them to the limit sometimes, maybe sometimes too much people will say, but I, I just want my players to make sure that they're fit and ready and ready to go week in, week out. So he's probably two and a half weeks away from that. He'll play in some different games here and there and some cameo roles, and we've got to get him up to speed properly because if we're rushing back now and he breaks down for three weeks and he breaks down for two weeks and so on and so forth. I've had Reeves before and I know him very, very well. So it's just about with Reeves and making sure he's got a baseline fitness that allows him to compete and play 10, 12, 14 consecutive games and, and then maybe come off him for a bit and then go again. So we, we know exactly where he's at with his fitness levels. Um, we knew that when we brought him in, but we know we've got a top player in the building ready and ready to go once he's ready. Any more injury worries ahead of Northampton? No, 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 no. Everything, everything is what it is. So. And how much is Ricky Holmes looking forward to playing against his former club? Yeah, Ricky's obviously, uh, it's a game that he always looks for. Obviously, he was, uh, he was fantastic for them in that period of time. Uh, it was a very good team that he was associated with and got them to where they are today because when he walked into Northampton it would have only been a dream to to be spending the money that's, not the money that's spent to be spending the amount on the squad that they've got um, obviously the, the resources were very minimal back then uh, and now the, they're, in, they're in a very well sort of financial wealthy position in some ways and they've got a good manager and Justin who will know certainly motivates his troops he's certainly that type of manager that will get the players running around for him um, and tactically they'll be they'll be astute in what they do. So 
Yeah, but Ricky's looking forward to it. He always does. Ricky looks forward just to football, not just who he plays against. Carl Robinson, thank you very much. See you, mate. Thank you very much indeed, Carl Robinson, before Jake tried to cut in there. (laughs) Um, uh, That was uh, Carl Robinson looking ahead to Saturday's game uh, with Northampton Town. Now, we've been just looking at Northampton's record. Now, they've lost every game uh, so far this season, 1-0. Uh, which is interesting they lost, they lost uh, against Fleetwood at home on Saturday although if you've, if anyone's seen the replay of the doubles or the triple saves sorry, from the Fleetwood goalkeeper that was sort of going about last week you have no idea how they lost 1-0 they should have drawn 1-0 because it was just unbelievable uh, but you know when, when you see a team that's that's lost games then you, you kind of smell blood don't you you think well they're going to be surely they're going to be low on confidence I mean there's some quotes from the manager Justin Edinburgh saying he's, he's convinced that results will come after the performances they mm. put in but you know results breed confidence and defeats therefore must breed low confidence yeah I think, I think it's easy to sort of look at it and go oh they've lost every game this season and maybe we should be winning comfortably but They've only lost narrowly, like you said, each game, and it doesn't tell its own story. So they could be a lot better. And it's just like us. The first half, we we were really good against Plymouth, and then we lose two 0 But you only see the final score. You don't see mm. the stats unless you look at it. But um, I think it'll be a, I think a difficult side. I mean, we was talking off air when we went uh, up to Sixfields last year, which was one of the worst. Well, it was the worst game I've ever seen. It's one, um, yeah, one of the most dis- yeah, despondent performances we've ever Just played. in terms of effort, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, it, came, it came just days after that 4-3 loss at Shrewsbury. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't perk us up by, nah. by any stretch of the imagination. But we're into a new season now. Obviously, we need to bounce back mm. from, from what happened on Saturday. And we're, we're looking around at, at, at the squad. And you were just discussing off air. I mean, do, does the team basically pick itself at the moment? I'm trying to think in terms of... Because yeah. McGuinness mm. will start up top. Um, does uh, You mentioned Clark, that... Clark, Sue and Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, J- JFC and the King in the middle. King, King, King Cash. Cash, King yeah. Cash, mate. King Cash. We, yeah, absolutely. Cashback. We're going to be talking cash about Cashy, uh, yeah. Cashy cash out in, in just a, just a few moments' time. Yeah. The, the only question was, I mean, he says that Ben Reeves, uh, Richard put up a story that he, he believes his next start is going to be the Crawley game. So that's a week on Tuesday. But mm-hmm. do you think he'll be in the squad? He was out with a fatigue levels sort of tired car for, on Saturday, and Carl said he's, he's obviously hasn't had his pre-season. He's been put onto a pre-season. Uh, yeah. schedule now so do you think he's got any chance of being involved or? I think he's got more chance of being involved this week only last uh, at Plymouth he'd, he'd travelled to Exeter hadn't he so yeah. he probably wanted to leave him behind but um, I mean hopefully I'd like to see him in the squad he, he's someone you could bring him on you know with 15 to go and he can make a real impact um, so I mean hopefully he's in and around uh, but if he's if he's thinking of starting him in Crawley I mean what's that that's a week it's not not this Tuesday coming is it it's a week after for the yeah, check yeah, yeah, so Nor- Norwich, yeah. Norwich, week, yeah, Norwich, so. is, Norwich is on the twenty second or something like that, isn't it? No. Ju- is yeah, Nor- Norwich is it? this Tuesday. Then the checker yeah. trade is a week, the week after. Yeah. yeah, so I think he's probably got a chance of being involved Saturday because it's a bit of a gap if he's going to start oh, a yeah, crawling yeah. on the bench or something maybe. Yeah, you've got any other players to put on the bench. No, that's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Rico's probably going to be on the <laughs> bench. Carlin's probably again, wouldn't yeah. Uh, so right, uh, just uh, before we go back to that, GB Alex just saying on Ben Amos, he says he's no better than Dylan Phillips. This is a problem with loan players. If they're not brilliant, the only purpose they serve is to halt the development of our younger prospects, which is an interesting, uh, interesting point to add there. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, we've decided to uh, sort of because we, we always do the predictions on the big match preview. Uh, but Nathan, you've decided to put your money where your mouth is in this one in, in, in our oh, yeah. new feature called Cashy Back. Cashy Back. I just think with Cashy, Cashy is just a legend. If none of you have noticed that I like him, uh, he's going to have a table at your wedding, is it? He's got. He's got As in a table, a table now. named after <laughs> him. Not, not he's like <laughs> just invited. His own just him. He's invited. He's, invited he's, to sit on like the children's table. He does deserve his own table. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> I think he speaks great English, so it'd be great laughing. <laughs> MC, um, yeah, no. So uh, I, just, I thought, not like you said, we do it every week, don't we? And do silly predictions, not silly ones, but um, but just, they normally turn out to be to have been quite silly. Yeah, yeah. but this I'm going to try and make it a bit more realistic. But uh, so yeah, every week I'll put um, two pound fifty on a first goal scorer and a score, and then uh, so a score cast bet. Yeah, score cast bet, and then obviously the winners go to the upbeats, and then hopefully, like we were saying off air, why don't we got. One's gone already, so one out of twenty-two home games. One of them's going to come in. I'll do it for the away games as well, but surely <laughs> some something. One out happen. of forty odd is going to come in. Surely, 
It must yeah, be. I'm just I'm just gonna look look at my calculator to, to, to work out how much you because I, re- I reckon we'll do about 34 big match preview shows. Yeah, at two pound fifty a pot, it's going to cost you eighty five quid this season. So you, you're certainly very very generous of you. That's right. Well, well only if we win some. Cause yeah. well, so the, the one this week, if I win this, mate, whew. for the upbeat. Right. So, so yeah. confirmation of your bet is I've done because uh, it's the first week. I know it's unrealistic. Because the king don't really go; he gets nosebleeds if he goes too far to pitch. But I've I've said Cashy first goal scorer two nil, hundred and sixteen to one or something. Yeah, two fifty, two hundred ninety quid or something. I get back. I'll double check. So needless to say, Nathan uh, is uh, going to be gambling responsibly. If you guys are going to, yeah. yeah, don't don't follow Nathan's tips. It's when my... the fun stops, stop. Yeah. yeah. So but, but that is what Nathan's <laughs> going to be doing. So Nathan's gone. Nathan's prediction this week is a two nil win over Northampton Town with uh, Ahmed Cashy getting the first goal. Lewis, your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go. With a two-one, I can't see a clean sheet. Who's going to score? Oh, uh, I'm going to have Roger Johnson. Uh, BFG first goal. <laughs> the BFG scorer. again. BFG big first goal. Friendly scorer. German. Go on, the big. He's going to uh, open the scoring <laughs> for us. Right for me, it's, it's a tough one because I still think you know this. This not like I say, Northampton Town on a, a run of three one-nil defeats. So I think we're going to make it four in a row. One-nil. Uh, and the goal scorer is going to be Jake Forster Kasky who's going to arrive trademark late into the box and that, that is now his trademark having started it over three months ago Jacko Junior isn't he yeah, yeah. so that's what we're hoping for right we've run out of time here on the big match preview hope you've enjoyed the show Nathan Muller thank you for coming in cheers see you lot Saturday yeah. Uh, yeah and this is your last show before your wedding is it no no oh. I've got, oh, I can't get rid of me in that easy mate. Oh. I've got a couple more yeah. okay alright a couple more and uh, Lewis Cat, thanks for coming in this no evening. worries Lewis cheers uh, I've been Louis Mendes this has been the Chartwin Live Big Match Preview we'll be back on Sunday evening at 7pm to review whatever happens against Northampton Town I hope you guys all uh, enjoyed the show and I hope you all enjoy the game on Saturday let's hope it's three more points for them lovely addicts come on you Reds <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.